listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. This guy, he feels more dangerous than all the others combined. You don't believe me. Guys, I'm telling you, he's not what he seems. He's been watching us for weeks. He just filed a complaint, said you harassed him. This guy wants us to think he's unassuming, but he's not. Listen to yourself, Barry. I don't understand why you don't see what's going on. Calm down. I don't want you to do anything else you'll regret. You broke into our home! Please, we are getting married in a week, Barry. I'll be thinking of you. It's a brand new episode of the legendary Flashing Arrows of Tomorrow, where each week Glenn and I sit down to discuss the DC triple shot on the CW. This is the penultimate week before the big crossover event next week, Glenn. And based off of my uh, intricate uh, sleuthing, I have determined that I do believe that Supergirl will be, in fact, part of these four episodes. And it will not be its own episode uh, where it it does its own thing until the last minute. Uh, every episode is entitled uh, Crisis on Earth X, and they are all labeled as parts one, two, three, and four. And when you click on them, it takes it takes you to a separate page where it just talks about this crossover. So it does not appear that I will watch Supergirl anyway, just to make sure. But I think for once they were they're all going to be part of the one thing and I would imagine with Arrow uh, airing right afterwards uh, that they would be all connected together so I don't know we'll see have you oh so Arrow's gonna air Monday yeah so Arrow Supergirl and Arrow are gonna be back to back and then the next day it'll be Flash and Legends that's probably how they should do it anyways they should probably have Arrow air on Mondays I agree and just keep it that way I'm trying to think of why they might not have it on that time slot. I would, I'm assuming like something dumb, like Big Bang Theory was on Mondays, or, but the repeats or something. Uh, no, no, I mean like on oh, CBS. to compete with, yeah, 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 yeah. That might be because they're because the they're all networks. That, sure. That'd be the only thing. Sure. Uh, well, this week it's the same three shows, and I'm pretty happy with all three episodes this week, actually. Uh, Arrow wasn't uh, wasn't super thrilling, but it was it was okay, and I was it really, wasn't terrible. No, and I was really happy with Flash and Legends. So let's talk about it. Season four, <laughs> The Flash, episode seven, called "Therefore I Am." Barry and Joe are interrogating Devoe and his wife, trying to get more information. Uh, we get flashbacks where Devoe and his wife build a thinking cap to improve his brain capacity, powering it using the particle accelerator explosion. Devoe's increased brain power accelerates his ALS, which we learn that he has, forcing his wife to build him a special chair to keep him alive. Barry discovers the camera in the Samaroid and confronts Devoe, who reveals his true identity, leading to Cisco dubbing him the Thinker. And uh, also, Wally returns to Team Flash from Blue Valley, which I guess is 
important. Blue Valley, I guess, is a place because it's got a Wikipedia article. Yeah. So it's a place. Uh, what did you think of Therefore I Am? I really liked this episode. Me too. I really liked the whole focus on DeVoe thing. Mm-hmm. I thought um, it wasn't so much that he was like sympathetic, but he was just, he was really interesting. Like, he was just kind of neat. Um, I don't even really care if we don't figure out his no- motivations. Because mm-hmm. then you could explain it how um, certain people of faith do. You know, he's he's so smart that we can't. We can't know what his plan is. Yeah, we can't fathom what he what his plan is. Uh, that is going to be the one thing that I am going to. I mean, maybe they have come up with a clever way to defeat this guy, but he's a guy who's always several steps ahead of everybody. Everybody. There's yeah. nobody he's not several steps ahead of. I mean, of. he even thought of the names that they would call him. Yeah, he's like, there was at least a couple times where they come up with the teacher. Uh, but he likes being called the thinker. I mean, this is a guy who, like, brushed off Savitar and stuff like that. He's like, oh, it's like, you know, those are people playing with, like, you know, kid guns. Like, that's, you know, that's nothing. Uh, that's nothing compared to, to brain power or fighting with your mind or something like that. So how do you stop a dude who has orchestrated everything up until this point and knows everything that's going to happen? Uh, maybe he doesn't get defeated. Maybe his ALS eventually takes him. See, that's what I was going to say, is it might turn into, like, his... I think they might do, like, he'll be his own undoing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not... They can't stop him, but... Or his wife is just going to think he's being kooky and... Yeah, his hubris. Betray him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His hubris takes him down. Which uh, would be, I mean, I guess they kind of did the same thing with Savitar, but it was, mm-hmm. you know, when Caitlin betrayed him. But I don't know. I feel like I really like him and his wife. Like they're yes. Like I actually believe they love each other, which is it's kind of weird. Impossible for a CW show sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, they do a good job with Iris and Barry, but they do you know, for the most part. Yeah. But granted, it's been going on for so. I even think with Cisco and Gypsy, they do. Yeah, they know, do. Okay. She shows up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's just like yeah, it was it was just really good, and also seeing like the old evil Harrison Wells Thon kind yes. of be like. But that is the one thing he doesn't know is he he didn't know. I mean, he did name them later, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he I, I don't know if they might bring Thon back into this to kind of be like, well, you know, I made you like Perhaps. I did this on purpose, like you knew it was going to happen. So, yeah, I because the only thing that undid Thon was the fact that Eddie killed himself. Like if he didn't do that, then yeah, he, they would have beaten him. I so like I don't how know something like that. I like that he recognized DeVoe. Uh, Thon yeah. did like he oh he's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, well, good luck, he says. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Uh, yeah. There was... Huge fan of your work. Yes. <laughs> there was... Uh, I liked all of the... Like, nobody on the team believed Barry. He was doing all of the sleuthing. There was a, actually that great scene with DeVoe's wife where she's in the police mm-hmm. office. She's got the photo of Barry. And she just smacks the shit out of him. I really believed all that. She was, she was uh, an excellent liar. Yeah, her uh, and uh, her and her husband, like they're they're both 
They're both. I've excellent. never seen them in anything, but they're really good actors. Although I would have like nobody, nobody was giving Barry any credit. You know, <laughs> instead of that moment where he comes up to them and he's like, "Hey, he knows I'm the Flash." He could have just showed them the picture and been like, "Guys, I was like in the Speed Force like that whole time." There's no way they could have taken a picture of me. Uh, you know, I was very careful like the only way he could have done it is if you know they were looking for me or knew i was going to be there uh but he didn't go that route he just waited until he uh confronted him and uh then he told everybody about it you know it was it was great i just like how he was just like cut the shit and then he just like was like yeah you're right because it doesn't matter you can't do anything to me yeah there's nothing you can do uh what was great uh in a weird way that there's it's it's like this serious moment like what what the fuck are we gonna do against this guy there's nothing we can do and then uh and then wally just shows up he's like hey guys can i help and they're like wally and they just you know go and hug him it was like all of this stuff with devoe wasn't really weighing that heavy on them they're just yeah. like oh norm's back in the bar guys uh it's just like an episode <laughs> of cheers there's just... or it was like thor ragnarok yeah, yeah, yeah. Over the Asgard is destroyed, and they're just like, eh, yeah, yeah whatever. Oh, I just been carrying his body around because I felt bad that I killed him. No. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. But no, I, I really this was. Otherwise, I love this episode. I thought this was maybe the, not even. You know what? Not even maybe this was easily the best episode of the season so far. Oh yeah. Uh, any What's other thoughts? Score? Uh, I gave it a five. Yeah, me too. I gave it a five as soon as this episode was over. I was super. And even impressed. some of the, uh, even some of the, not obviously not the end with the. I would say the practical effects of the brain, like when she took off his his hair. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that actually looks good. Now, of course, the CGI, you know, tentacles coming out and turning into the Matrix. Like, of yeah, course, that look looked. Good. Good. Like again, I don't know, like why people bitch about the way TV shows look. Like it's a TV show. I'm not mm-hmm. expecting it to look great, you know. No. But yeah, some of that stuff was pretty neat. I just thought all the stuff with him in the rain, and then yeah, all, all the stuff with him and his wife. I was, I was all of it engaged. Good. Yeah, yep. I was super interested. Uh, it's lovely her backstory and what was cool is like so he gets these powers and all that kind of stuff but he's like he's kind of a dick to her well, that was the only thing i thought was yeah. weird was because like when you show them in the bunker thing he's always kind of condescending to her mm-hmm. but at, even when he was super smart like when he first got the powers and all that kind of stuff like he was very much so respectful to her yes now i, now I feel like some of it whenever he's being disrespectful was more it's because he's getting irritable like whenever he's not on the the machine that she made to keep him alive yes like that it's more of like that's his uh it's like a side effect or maybe kinda. there's a or maybe there's like a part of him that Maybe he's trying to fight where he feels too superior. And even yeah. though she loves her, she seems like an insect to him, maybe. Uh, maybe he's fighting that urge. Uh, that That's kind of a trope when you've got somebody who becomes super yeah. smart. Everybody else seems very small. Yeah. Uh, but I, able... That's what I mean, though. Is like a lot of, I mean, up until this point, like whenever they would show him, he's kind of like, oh, honey, you do that. Well, like he's always correcting her but in this episode like even if he's super intelligent and all other times together like he's seemed more respectful yeah 
And I was like, it just seems like maybe some of the times where he's come across as a dick to her, it's been more of like frustration just because of his body. And he was ridiculously smart too. Like he was able to solve the Jack the Ripper case without any evidence <laughs> or nothing. He just somehow yeah. knew who it was. It was the nurse. Yeah, it was it was this one key suspect's nurse that actually did it, not him. Uh, <laughs> craziness. Uh, well, talking about spending money on CGI, a certain show blew their CGI budget for the year with season yeah. three, episode seven of Legends of Tomorrow called Welcome to the Jungle. I always wanted to go to Vietnam. I thought we were looking for a monster. <laughs> Stay out of the jungle. I hate the jungle. One nation under Grodd! Grodd is a telepathic gorilla. Welcome to my kingdom. You need to get out of this jungle ASAP. Sarah, still in a coma, the legends choose to investigate creature attacks during the Vietnam War. Zari, Ray, and Amaya pose as journalists and meet a woman who will show them the creature. Revealed to be a time-displaced Gorilla Grodd! So good. Uh, meanwhile, mm -hmm. Nate and Mick are captured by a squad led by Mick's father, Dick Rory. Awesome. <laughs> On the Wave Rider, Stein discusses how to separate Firestorm with Isaac Newton. Jax walks in on their, team, uh, on their discussion and learns that Firestorm can be separated, but it would depower Jax. Well, it's it's Isaac Newton and... Uh, there was a couple of other ones. Yeah. Never, I love how this show didn't even bother to explain how we got them on the... I mean, clearly he must have taken the ship and gone back in time or some shit, maybe? He he was just doing what they do in uh, Bill and Ted. <laughs> that's, what, that's what came to my mind as well. Uh, the aberration increases in intensity, revealing Grodd's plan to wipe out humanity by killing President Johnson, LBJ, uh, mm -hmm. and starting World War III. Jax, inspired by a powerless Sarah's ability, saves Johnson from a minefield. After failing to <laughs> capture Grodd, Amaya uses her powers to negotiate with him, but is thwarted when Dick's squad attacks. Grodd decides to steal the Wave Rider and wipe humanity from the timeline altogether. His attempts fails, and seemingly he falls to his death into a fiery pit of, uh... What was that? Uh, uh what's that It was stuff? just the jungle was on fire. Yeah. Inferno? No, they... Napalm. They napalmed oh, yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Back at Grodd's compound, Mick stops his father from massacring Grodd's prisoners and comes to peace with his relationship with his father. The team returns to the ship as Sarah emerges from her coma. Grodd, in 2017, appears and is approached by Damien Dark, who reveals that he saved Grodd and wants to recruit him onto his team. So what did you think of Welcome to the Jungle? I thought it was great. Same. This was awesome. I wasn't even expecting Grodd in this episode. No, no. And he just showed up, and he, speaking of... I thought Grodd looked awesome in this episode. Yeah, Speaking he looked way better. Yeah, than he did in the Grodd-centric episodes they did a Flash. 
Yeah, the plane bombings. bombings did not look as good, but yeah, no. they definitely looked the gr the Grodd stuff looked really good. It did for compared to how it's looked in the past. Yeah. So okay, we talked about the lack of Mick stuff over the last couple of weeks, and boy, did they bring Mick back into this show. Yeah, they brought Mick back into the show in a very odd way. Yeah, with his dad, Dick Rory. <laughs> it's amazing that his name is Dick. Mm -hmm. um, and they basically did this father-son storyline mixed with, like, Apocalypse Now, which they yeah. self-referenced. Oh, yeah. he's He went full Kurtz. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> she was like, what's that? It's... I'm not going to ruin it. I'm not going to tell you the reference because I don't want to ruin the, a very good movie. I think it's somewhere along the lines is what Nate yeah. says. <laughs> his uh, his dad is basically a comically similar version of Mick. Mm -hmm. With the same kind of face, the same kind of cadence of speech, yeah. and the same kind of voice. Uh, which is obviously all done to be like, you're just like your dad, Mick. Uh I feel like, though, I don't know. I liked this. I thought they had some good moments. I, they did. They actually had some, like, oddly kind of heartfelt moments that worked. Like, whenever Mick kind of, like, tells Nate that he's like, oh, you know, hey, I met my grandpa. We got to meet things out. It was great. He's like, yeah, but I killed my old man. Yeah, and it's like, what? I, <laughs> I just burned like, my yeah. father alive. Yeah, and I don't, I, and I didn't care. He was a monster. How's and then, that for like, tough love? And then he, like, later on, he's, like, telling him, and he's like, you know, I always thought my father was the worst, but now I just know that I'm worse than my father. Oh, worse and it was kind of, yeah. yeah, and it was kind of, like, a weird thing to, like, it's kind of, it was a weird place to take Mick, but it was, it worked, like, it, again, mm -hmm. fleshed him out, made him a little bit more human, kind of like they did Captain Cold in the first yeah. season. So, yeah, it was, it was good. It wasn't so much, like, you know, the funny hooligan, you know, criminal guy i mean he had his moments of course because he's mick but like yes. oh yeah that part where him and his dad are like flaming guys together and they're yes <laughs> like super happy about setting them on fire yes i mean they had that kind of stuff but yeah like they had some of the smaller touching cw you know I mean, definitely his dad saved his life yeah he saved his dad's life uh and even though he's gonna kill him like he you know, I maybe he maybe he ends up not killing him as if maybe. we find out if the time revenants catches up to him because his father didn't do the awful things in Vietnam that he did before his son was there. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, what did you think of Depowered Jacks saving the day with LBJ? That was the best. <laughs> that was like my favorite part of the whole thing. Yeah, mostly because it looked so cheap. Because it's like obviously they're just like in a field. Mm-hmm. And and then he's just like, LBJ just like, how do you know if it's not where the landmines are? He's like, well, just step where I step, don't improvise, and if I don't blow up, then we're on the right place. And if I do, well, then there's no one that's gonna tell you where the mines are or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the best. And he then, says you're on your own, sir. You know, of course they got Johnson saying all the things that we've heard him say on tapes. You know his. <laughs> This is very much so country bumpkin self saying thing. He, he didn't say bunghole though, did he? No, no. But that's my I favorite. Mean, that's my favorite LBJ moment on tape. Inches off, off the crotch area. Got my bunghole. Gets a little tight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Jeez. No belches or anything? Yeah, yeah belches, but like, <laughs> he definitely had some LBJ lines. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was so good. I almost believed Grodd for a little bit, that he just wanted some peace. Uh, humans were just too warlike, and they... Uh, and then they, you know, they're like, yeah, well, we'll take you back in time, like dinosaurs or whatever, and you can live peacefully there or whatnot with no humans. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel, I still feel for Grodd. He's kind of, he's kind of justified a little bit. Humans turned him into what he is. They tried to send him to this gorilla place, this gorilla city, and humans came and fucked that all up too. Eh, I sort of feel for him. I understand. I get Grodd's gripe. Yeah, I mean, Grodd was dealt bad hand, but, you know. Yeah. Because I want The way he was thwarted kind of just came out of nowhere. I mean, I did like the moment where he, like, takes control of Sarah for a little bit. Oh, Sarah, you're awake! (laughs) She just goes to There is no Sarah, only Grodd, which I'm like, ah, sweet Ghostbusters reference. (laughs) Uh, So that was great. And then, um... Yeah, like, because it's just Stein on the ship, and he's like, oh, I can't believe we did it. And she's like, well, it's because I'm flying. <laughs> yes. Gideon. No, I'm done. I'm actually the Gideon one stole it. the thunder, yeah. Uh, I really liked the episode, though. Uh, any other thoughts, or what would you give Welcome to the Jungle? Uh, I'm going to say four and a half. Okay. Uh, I went four and three quarters. I almost gave this a five, too. Yeah, I almost. There was some of the stuff, like, I will say some of the stuff with Amaya and uh, what's the the new one's Sorry. name? Sorry, like some of their stuff was kind of eh. Yeah, they were definitely kind of eh this week because there was some stuff I was like, wouldn't Ray should know some of this? So I don't know why Ray isn't commenting more. Like he was just in the background. It's just them two like talking about Grodd. It's like no, Ray should know who this is. I don't yeah, know why Ray he isn't talking just, about it. Yeah, he was just in the back fixing their comms or whatever. Yeah, in the background, but yeah. Uh, but, for the most part, a really good episode. That's two really good episodes, back-to-back. This is a good week on the yeah. CW. Uh, Tuesdays are usually pretty solid. Tuesdays are excellent. Uh, let's talk about Season 6 of Arrow, Episode 7, called Thanksgiving. Oliver Queen, you're under arrest. This might be the most difficult thing we've ever had to face. Do people think that the Green Arrow's in prison and the floodgates will open? Kid James is going after Sterling City. Get those fans out of there. Cry havoc and let slip the dogs of war. Oliver, Felicity, William, and Quentin organize a Thanksgiving food drive to raise money for the new SCPD precinct. However, Oliver is promptly arrested by an FBI agent under the charges of vigilantism being the green arrow james and black siren subsequently break out of prison intent on causing chaos since the green arrow is caught thankfully oliver's trial is delayed good timing uh when john gets injured in the field oliver suits up as the green arrow once again the streak is broken with team arrow looking to stop a bomb planted by james and black siren at the stadium during a concert they subsequently discover the bomb is a fake and that the cops guarding the stadium aren't cops. They're swiftly taken out by Dinah, Curtis, and Renee, but James and Black Siren escape. Oliver visits John in the hospital and claims he will wear the hood until John has recovered, whereupon he can reclaim it. Thea wakes from her coma and reunites with Oliver, Felicity, John, and William. What did you think of Thanksgiving? 
And if you didn't think much of this episode, how was your actual Thanksgiving? Uh, my Thanksgiving was pretty solid, besides the part where boomers thought it would be fun to jump into the pond and go swimming and got covered in mud, and I had to take, give him a bath. Oh, fun. Um, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. That sounds yeah. like a blast. Yeah. What he, did you think of the Thanksgiving episode of Arrow then? Uh, it was... Less mud. It was okay. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. No. Um, I actually really liked Stephen Amell this episode. Yeah, me too. He was really good. He had to, he had to do a lot of different things. He has, he has those bits where every now and again. Yeah. Yeah. He's not, sometimes he's not just a face. Yeah. He was, no, he was pretty good. And then like, uh, you know, Diggle was pretty solid. Mm. Um, yeah, you know who I I didn't hate. I didn't mm. hate Renee, which is uh, that's always yeah. He's tough. like the worst, but uh, yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was, it was a fine episode. It's nice to see Ben Linus doing you know shady things again, you know, off the island. So who knows? Maybe Arrow's purgatory. Yes, uh, <laughs> but no, it was uh, yeah, it was. It's Arrow is so hard to talk about. That's like the problem. Like there isn't little things I can be like, oh, that was great. When nothing happens on the show, nothing happens. The ending was really weird. Mm. Like it's like, oh yeah, I'm just th- like I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for this, and then it literally just like cuts out and it ends. Like <laughs> well, it's you a Thanksgiving think- episode. Yeah, but you would think it, they might do like a fade to black, oh, cut, let's see what the bad guys are doing. No, it just yeah. like ended. I was like, oh, that was just like super awkward. Well, I mean, next week they're leading into the, the Everybody Comes Together episode, so I guess they want to keep everything focused there, I suppose. Yeah. Which was only, uh, which was, by the way, dropped a bunch of times during the Flash episode. We're like, we're getting married next week. We're getting married next week. Oh, you're going to let them get married? Sure, why not? Uh, all of that stuff. They they mentioned that a bunch of times. Nobody else mentioned it, though, I don't think, uh, throughout any of this. I, I, I agree with you. I think this episode was fine. It, it was okay, and... Like, I paid attention to all of it. Like, I wasn't yeah. sitting there like, I wish this would end. Felicity and Curtis are upset at each other that they started their startup company and each other are doing things behind each other's backs, I guess. Uh, so that's a thing that's happening. Uh, like she named the company without his approval and he's using their technology to help dig. What did she name knowing. it? Cause I completely missed what they said. His name, what it's the name like, is. It's like he, uh, Helix dynamics. Oh, that's right. Yeah. From previously. Yeah. I was, they better spell dynamics with an X like with Helix. Yeah, probably. They better. Uh, well, they, sh- they'll share the X. They did. That's right. Uh, they went four episodes, Glenn. Uh, with Stephen Amell without Stephen Amell being the arrow. Technically slightly less than that if you consider the time where he went in to help Felicity not as the arrow. Uh, but he still was vigilanteing around a little bit. But for the most part, four episodes without being the arrow. And at least it sounds like they're trying to do a thing where he's not going to fully go back on what he said. He's going to be like, look, I'm just going to do this until you're healed. And once you're healed, this is this goes back to you. You're the green arrow now. But it also gives him an excuse to be in the crossover event. So, because mm-hmm. uh, they weren't going to have Diggle in the crossover event as the Green Arrow. So, uh, this was kind of just a nothing. I mean, look, the the villain, uh, Ben Linus, escapes with Black Siren. 
and they do all of this shit with the bombs, and then when Arrow meets him, he's like, oh, there was never any bomb. I, I just wanted to talk to you face-to-face. It's not like I have your phone number or anything like that. Yeah, but then he doesn't, doesn't even tell him. He's just like, I just want you to... I'm just guilty. You'll, you'll, I have a bomb, and the city's going to burn for what you did to my son. And it was like, that's it. Okay, well, that's weird. It was just... just wanted to let you know. I'll see you later. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> if you were wanting that kind of meeting, you would be a little bit more direct. Yeah, it feels like this was the very definition of what do we do the episode before the big crossover event? I don't know. Let's just uh, let's do this. And yeah, they did it. Uh, it was fine. I did like Stephen Amell in this episode too. Yeah, uh, and then, like and him coming back as Green Arrow too. Like it felt earned. Yeah, it made sense. Yeah, so it, it wasn't it wasn't out of the blue. Yeah. Uh, so I, I approve. I approve of that. What, what would you give the Thanksgiving then? Like three and a quarter. Well, that is exactly what I gave this episode as well. Uh, same wavelength, same wavelengths this week uh, with the DCCW shows. Uh, before we split, thanking the good folks of Think Geek, I've got quite the item this week, Glenn. <laughs> uh, to. Uh, to shill upon the listeners. Uh, so I, I'm sure you're familiar with Batman 66. Mm-hmm. The old Batman. Uh, are you uh, are you familiar with how they got into the Batcave in that television show? It's the uh, head. Yes, the William Shakespeare bust. Yeah. Uh, now... They are selling a Batman 1966 Shakespeare's bust bank. And this bank will break the bank if you want it. It's an $84.99 bank. This is an almost $85 bank. And that is because it's a big, heavy, actual bust of William Shakespeare. And the bank is where the head actually lives back and has, like, the buttons and shit for Mm -hmm. the Batcave. Except uh, there is a slot for you to put your money into. So if you desperately want to have a really expensive coin bank in your house, uh, this is probably the best one you're going to find. I think without without fault. Uh, it's, it's very expensive. If that's not your thing, I totally get it. There's a ton of other DC stuff uh, at ThinkGeek for you to, uh, to add to your geeky collection or to buy somebody for uh, the holidays, because that's rapidly approaching as well. Uh, head on over to ThinkGeek using our link, cinemageekly.com slash thinkgeek, or use the ThinkGeek link at the top of the page on cinemageekly.com to do the shopping uh, and enjoy. Uh, and if somebody does get that $85 bank, you must notify me immediately. I would like to meet you if somebody is going to buy this thing. Crazy. Uh, somebody says for $85, it would have to actually open a secret door. Um, and and it does not, as best I can tell. I mean, if it was made out of marble, that I mean, mm-hmm. that'd be cool. Agreed. I mean, just the 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 material itself would would be worth that much. I don't think it's made out of marble, though. Yeah, I mean, of course it wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, I think that's it. I think we've covered all the bases. Uh, head on over to cinemageekly.com. Check out the archives of the show. Uh, find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music. Just search for Flashing Arrow. Oh, is next subscribe. week the last week? Uh, it is not. 
They are doing shows until December 5th, it looks like. There are dates for December 5th. Okay. Yeah, and that is the cutoff date. Because there are dates listed for shows after after episode 9, and those dates are listed as 2018. So uh, we've got a couple more weeks of DCCW shows. Uh, It's weird we haven't had any breaks. No. Well, I mean, we'll get one in a couple weeks, but it won't be a long one. It'll be a couple of weeks, and that's about it. Uh, Yeah, so uh, Google Podcast or Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, just search for Flashing Arrow and hit subscribe, and uh, that is how you'll be able to listen to us next week when we come back to talk about The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow, and quite possibly even Supergirl on Crisis on Earth X. (laughs) 